Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Quick note, uh, you know we do these surfboard giveaways every month for our paid supporters. And uh, this month we are giving away an album, Free Wing. So you're familiar with album surfboards. Jack Freestone has been riding their boards for the last, I don't know, year or so. And um, slowly, organically developing a model that suits his surfing best with Matt Parker, Shaper Matt Parker. And that has now become the free wing, and we're going to give one away. So it's a little bit fuller volume, short board. Um, it has kind of a three-box setup, so you can ride it as a thruster. I think Jack rides it as a thruster, or two larger side fins and one small tra- uh, center fin. Uh, it's a sick board. It's got a little wing in the back. It's got a fuller volume, uh, so it's user-friendly, essentially, is what it is. Not quite as high shreddability as Jack, what Jack was riding on tour, but... Um, more user-friendly for the likes of non-CT surfers. So we're going to talk more about that board throughout the month on all of our podcasts, and then we're going to be giving it away on July 1st from their stock inventory. So if you win it, we'll just find one in stock that uh, best suits your dimensions. So thank you for that. Thank you, Album Surfboards. And uh, yeah, five bucks a month uh, on our website is how you support it. It really is the foundation of our work and it's informed this show and guided this show and helped us maintain our archives and fund the actual hard costs of doing the work since, uh, not since day one, but for the past four years or so. So thank you for those of you who support. Best of luck, and you can get in on this through the end of June by signing up on surfsplendorpodcast.com. All right, thanks so much. Enjoy the show. Hey, this is for the grit. Uh, Keith in uh, New Jersey just wanted to talk about the leggings for surfing conversation. Why wow, that was brilliant. 
I can see it already, the merchandise set up at the local surf shops. Men's leggings right next to the wave storms, the SUPs and the paddles. And don't forget the reef safe sunscreen, especially for those beach breaks in New Jersey. Move over, Volcom, Vistula, Billabong, etc. Here comes Brooks Brothers and Vineyard Vines in the surf leggings market. Wow, great summer ahead in the lineup for sure. Enjoy those leggings. Keep up the work, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? I can hear you. We have somebody joining us today. Fantastic. Who do we have? One Kevin Miller. Kevin recognize me. Kevin Miller doesn't do audio or visual. Oh wait, you can't see me. I can. Oh, see there we you. are. There we are. I can see you. I dressed up for you, baby. I got the collar. Oh, it's looking real good. Yeah. Collar, collar, and pretty cool artwork in the background too, Kevin. Yeah, just rocking. Hey, check out this artwork right here. Oh, oh yeah. what a beauty! <laughs> you, Kevin, you you forced the kids to listen to your podcast. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, no, what happened was, uh, what had happened was, uh, Morgan had to take Jude to a, uh, birthday party. I was supposed to take her to that, but you were running late. So now I'm hanging out with Ellie and she does not like being in the other room without me. So I am so sorry for my lateness. I know you interrupted my babysitting dad duties as well. I've really got screwed on a cargo e-bike in the middle of Berlin. I presumed you just forgot about the podcast entirely. No, I was like far away, making my way back, but the the e portion of the bike went dead, and so I had to oh, no. leg it out. Yeah, good, better for you, anyways. It was, it was, and I I biked off my curry bratwursts. Good. Do you have some well, clown pants to go with that hair, by the way. I should. I do kind of. They're okay. sailing themed pants. Oh, those are pretty cool. Yeah. You know why Chaz is in Germany is he's researching new hairstyles. That's where he got <laughs> his previous one. <laughs> hairstyles or, or mustache styles, perhaps. That's where he gets oh. all of it inspiration from. Every bit of it. Um, so Kevin Miller, for listeners who aren't familiar with his name, is co-founder of the Florida Surf Film Festival. And they have an event next weekend that Chaz and I will sadly not be attending this time. But there's a couple of incredible films uh, that relate directly to everything that we discuss here. So what what's going on, Kevin? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on to help promote the festival. Um, it's always a joy to join you guys. And uh, I bring you this festival um, with a lot of hard work. I spent a lot of time emailing the folks at Patagonia to get this movie over the last year. And you know, unanswered email after unanswered email finally generates enough annoyance to where they answer you. And we have, as a result, the yin and yang of Jerry Lopez on Saturday, June 18th, which I have seen. And it is a very good movie. I really enjoyed it. And uh, not too glossy, but, you know, Jerry is the uh, sort of controlling narrator of the film, but they do interview a lot of his contemporaries as well. Um, he's a legend. I mean, we have to pay respects where, where it's due. There's a little Mia culpa in the movie, which is cool. I won't ruin anything for you, but, uh, if you are in Florida or anywhere thereabouts, come on out. I might even have a couple rooms for you at Atlantic center for the arts on campus where you can spend the night and, uh, you know, both nights. So, I kind of breezed past the first one, which is, uh, you know, 
nothing to breeze past, but on the 17th, we're doing two nights. We have birth of the endless summer, which is Dick Metz and his journey for three years around the world. And Oh, by the way, he might've stumbled on a little right point break in South Africa, which became the centerpiece for Bruce Brown's endless summer. So, um, don't want to give it away too much, but they basically put that right on the poster. He discovered Cape St. Francis. So Dave, you know, uh, the four part interview that you did with Dick on surf splendor was, it was really hard to get out of the car when I was listening to it. I mean, he, as much as he talks, it's riveting. I can't turn it off. Well, I have good news for you. Part five is coming next week to help promote your film festival. Oh, you get out of town. That's amazing. It is. Yeah. All right. So I'll just tell you too, that 92 year old Dick Metz is flying in on Thursday night from Ketchum, Idaho to attend the festival with director Richard Yelland, who has, you know, spent a lot of passion, um, whatever, you know, just working on this project to make it come to fruition. And he did an excellent job. This movie is fantastic. You do not have to be a surfer to enjoy it. And you also, I don't know, you're going to learn something about traveling the world in the fifties and the sixties. And, uh, you know, how can that be a bad thing? He's engaging. But the one thing I will say we're going to have to watch out for is John Brooks does the Q and a, my partner at the end, if we hand Dick the mic, it might yeah. be 1 a.m. before we get out of there. And, um, you know, we have Matt Costa coming that night, who's going to play a set of music after his new short film with that he did with Rourke. Um, it's called uh, Donde Los Terremotos. And uh, we also have a Griffin Colapinto documentary. Sorry, Griffin and Crosby called DNA. Uh, fresh out of the can from uh, the folks at Stab and, uh, well, Jacob Vanderwerk and Kyle Boothman, two excellent filmmakers, collaborated on that. Um, And then some other shorts on Saturday night I failed to mention, but The Color of Winter with Rob Machado and some other beautiful, beautiful uh, visual work from, you know, a little bit from Ishka Folkwell. So that's kind of the rundown for the weekend of Father's Day. Yeah, it's a question about the, yeah, I mean, it is totally epic. I just had a quick question about the uh, Mea Copa from Jerry. Does it involve making Costco boards? Ooh, that is a good question. And it does not. Um, there is zero mention of doing the, uh, the obligatory licensing of his name to a $80 pop out from Costco. And you have to, you have to imagine that was a cash flow decision. <laughs> I gotta say, I've saw two of them in the back of my condo the other day. Uh, my friend had picked them up at Costco and he's like, yeah, I got these from Costco. He has no clue who Jerry Lopez is. And I think that, you know, we're the only ones who are kind of kind of like, what the fuck, man? Well, we're not the only ones. All of our listeners are those same, have the same opinion. But let's discuss that right now. Let's uh, put an end to the discussion. Um, Jerry's alignment with Patagonia and Patagonia is obviously out to save the world is their ethos. And it could be argued that the Costco kind of disposable foam surfboard model does the exact opposite. So what is your guys' opinion on Jerry licensing his name to do that? Charlie, go for it. Oh, I mean, I don't know that Jerry ever was forward in branding himself as like savior of the environment, but the 
going in deep with Patagonia and and he didn't lean out, we'll say, of like the Zen master motif. Uh, and so I really, it, it's one of the most kind of record scratch moments in surf in the last few years, I feel, of all of a sudden Jerry's got, you know, if they were somehow sustainable or made from, I mean, if they were made from recycled wave storms, how great would that be? If they were wave storms washed up on the beach and churned back into a Lopez board, that's not what they are. And it's all great. Every, every one of us, each and every one is maximally hypocritical. And if Jerry could have just said, hey, like you, I am a hypocrite, would have been, would be nice to hear, I suppose. Um, I so. Do you want to, yeah, do you want to oh, take just, a... I'll tell you that there is a lot of joy brought to the world through kids surfing on these soft tops as evidence. I have five kids and I, you know, Florida is a great place to learn how to surf. It's really small all the time. And, uh, you know, I've seen all of my kids just enjoy that, that safety of the soft top. And, you know, I think directly of the joy. And I also think about, you know, the fact that Jerry's name is on it. And, and I start to care less as I think about the joy and I start to say, all right, I mean, a perfectly cool situation in the world would be, hang on a second. Ellie, can you turn that sound off? <laughs> it wasn't, right, it that wasn't that on. noticeable. <laughs> so yeah, that's where I'm at. I mean, I've kind of like given up on, on, I mean, you guys are really the police of cool out there and uh, you know, we want your opinions and we want to hear what you think, but the Patagonia tie in, I don't think they have anything to do with the board. I think that's all. No, of course right? not. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so I got a, an email that pulled zero punches from a friend named Sean and Sean says one of surfing's problems is it's a, is it's obsession with false idols. Andy Irons was the most exciting surfer who ever lived, but Andy Irons wasn't a cool guy and he was a massively damaged a-hole. Dora enough said, but Jerry's Costco boards are absolutely disgusting for the environment and surf culture equally. How Patagonia can look the other way and still honor him as an ambassador is also hypocritical. Cheap, gross cash grab. Um, I think, Sean, it went a little harsh. And obviously, that was just an email. I don't know if he was exactly hoping I would read it on air. But my thought is kind of what Chaz said. We're all hypocritical, right? And it's not that we're idolizing. I mean, we are idolizing Andy Irons and Jerry Lopez, but it's because they feel like they're our friends. We're in this small community. We admire them. We feel like this is part of our brethren. And so you overlook or you accept your own hypocritical nature. You accept your brethren's hypocritical nature. And if you see that there's an opportunity for your brethren to make a bunch of money doing something, you kind of look the other way with that. It's a lot easier to vilify in somebody who you don't identify with. And so I think that's why Jerry, uh, why he sells so many of those surfboards and why he does get a free pass. And I am hypocritical for even uh, not being offended by him. And I'm not, you know, like I see those boards at Costco and I did cringe a little bit or like Chaz said, maybe a record scratch of like, what's that? But I didn't take personal offense by it. Uh, like I would with maybe, I don't know if it was somebody, some other industry or some celebrity doing something. Yeah. I don't know. I think about the environment too, as a whole. And I'm like, we're doing things that are way worse than that. The, the fraction of trash that's created from a Jerry Lopez pop out in comparison with the other things that we're doing to this world. 
I think we have bigger fish to fry, uh, you know, when we deal with something like the number of boogie boards that come out of those gift shops that are terrible, you know, and totally. end up in the trap, you know, so it's like, okay, so this is actually comes with fins and a leash and my kid and my neighbor's kid are going to have the time of their life on one to two foot glassy little waves out back for four to five hours in a day. It's like, yeah. what are we riding? We're riding, you know, polyurethane filth because it relates to the earth. You know, I mean, I'm, I don't know. But that just, doesn't break down point, is the thing. Yeah. The wave storm breaks down and ends up in the trash can. Your surfboard, you can ride for years in theory. Okay. Well, there is some truth. Yeah. So you know what I'm saying though, but it's like yeah. a six and two threes to be honest at the end of the day. Yeah. So you've heard enough from me on this topic, but I, I just definitely think the Mia culpa that he put into the film may have actually been worse than the sellout. Oh on the surfboard because well i pride myself on not snaking people and that's what his cult mia culpa was about you know uh where can viewers or listeners find the film well right now it's on tour i believe through uh patagonia's website you can find tickets and we are well we should be listed on that tour as of a couple of couple days ago but it's going to be in ventura um, we initially had Sam George coming out to discuss the film. He actually wrote it with Stacy Peralta. And due to a family issue, he was not able to actually attend. But um, I think everything's on the screen with this movie. You don't really yeah. need a Q&A after it. So, um, But it will be uh, sad not to have Sam out there. And then also that tour going through California, if in fact you around there you're going to be able to catch him probably jerry probably stacy at one or two yeah. of the screenings and i'm we'll keep listeners informed on when it's available online too because i'm sure it will be on patagonia's website or whatever yeah um and then the dick metz film you were mentioning dick metz is 92 and he's flying out to florida yeah from ketchum idaho today he's actually driving from southern california to ketchum idaho it's a 15-hour drive he sleeps in his car he, d he actually does a lot of the driving at night because there's no traffic. And then he sleeps in his car during the day for a few hours, doesn't stay in a hotel. Um, he's done well in life. He can afford to stay in a hotel, but he's just, he roughs it. He still uh, dirt bikes all the time. He camps in the woods when he's dirt biking. The guy is crazy. Oh, what an epic legend. I mean, I know it totally is. Yeah. You guys are um, very kind to have me on this grit, Dave. I don't want to overstay my welcome. So, you know, let do me you, know if you're. Do you have time? Oh, yeah, I got time. I can All right. Hang stick, yeah, stick, stick around. We got. I have uh, a lot of well, opinions, by the way. I do have opinions. So. We'll Great. share them. What, now we'll get off of the film festival and uh, the people that you're working with there so that you could share your opinions on these next few subjects. Um, uh, so, Chaz revealed last week that he is going to be needing eyeglasses. And of course, we have listeners who have an opinion on that. So would you like to hear your eyeglass options? Moving yes, forward? please. Okay. Hello, this is a message for the grip and specifically for one Chaz Smith. Very interested in the fact that Chaz will now be joining the ranks of uh, prescription eyeglass wearers, which means Chaz has a choice to make. And here are the options. Option number one is the Val. The Val is an eyeglass wearer who doesn't really know what he's doing, and everybody can see it. What that means is that you're going to be getting a pair of reading eyeglasses. Keep them in a little pouch. Keep that pouch in your pocket, and then pull them out when you need them. That's the Val. 
Option number two is the kook or current. This one's hard to pull off, but it's someone who gets very thin reading glasses, the ones that rest on the tip of your nose, and they come with a maybe bright red cord that you're going to be wearing around your neck all day long. This one's hard to pull off. It's the kook or current. Option number three, the album surfboard 20. The eyeglass wearer who decides, hey, I'm going to have wear glasses, I may as well look good. So you're going to be getting maybe designer eyeglasses like Ray-Ban Wayfarer, get a progressive prescription and wear them all day long and think, hey, I need to wear glasses, I'm going to look good in them. So these are the options. I don't make the rules. Choose wisely and keep up the work. I'm sure, Chaz, you already had a plan in place for what you would be doing. I so I so do have a plan in place. I got a uh, fashionable <laughs> pair of reading glasses. I haven't; they were not available pre-Europe, so I haven't picked them up yet. But uh, I was thinking about wearing them mostly all the time. Except Herbie Fletcher has me in a real conundrum. What Herbie Fletcher has is that pair of glasses that uh, is a magnet in the middle that yeah. you he, he wears it somehow around his neck and then he clicks it together magnetizes it uh so I, I might go that way eventually but i'm starting with the album twin fin and then i'm gonna go kook and current kook yeah or current i think uh, as i progress into being more comfortable yeah the i love that herbie does that but that's herbie's you can't just rip that off I can't, I can't at all, but, uh, and I won't do that, but I feel there's more progressive. I won't do contacts for sure. Eyes aren't bad enough to need contacts, but, uh, yeah, I think I'm going, I'm going album twin fan out of the gate, a stylish pair that I just will wear all the time. I, I like that he used that analogy as the, the album twin fin, because I was thinking he's right. When you have an album twin fin, you just look cooler. Even if you surf poor, the board is so beautiful that it just makes you look cooler which I don't know that there's a lot of other board brands that do that. Kevin, I see you in glasses all the time. Do you need glasses all the time? Or are you just album twin fitting out there with your glasses? <laughs> yeah, I need glasses. I got progressive lenses on. So I could see pretty well far away, no problem. But uh, reading glasses is where I'm at. And so I got the progressives just to clear it all up. And... Is, is progressive the new word for bifocal? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So they progress, uh, the prescription as you go up or, you know, the lens. What, so what, like right now, I, when I tilt my head, I can see you guys perfectly in focus. When I lower my head, you're all blurry. So technically speaking, you know, I have to do that to see you. See, I'd like, I love the look of a glasses of a, of a, uh, half frame, whatever that one's called perched yeah, on the edge of the nose. With the with the red cord, exactly. Like that's where I want to end up. I just don't feel comfortable enough going out of the gate that way. Yeah, you got to build the confidence towards that one. Yep. Um, so that listener sounded European. I did get an email from a European listener. He says, Chaz is in Europe super secret at a super secret location. Well, I am in Europe too. I live in Europe. The question is, Chaz goes there for the culture uh, and for the fashion. Where should I go for surf, for fashion, for party, considering that I already live in Europe? I'm asking this advice from Chaz, someone who doesn't live on our continent nor speak a single native language of ours, but who is in the state uh, of making blunt statements. He should go to this place called Europe. 
that has <laughs> waves and, and has everything you need. I don't know why you would need to leave Europe, to be honest. South Africa, maybe? Go dick mets it up? Yeah, that's true. Uh, but I agree with you. Why would you leave Europe if you're in Europe? If you're in Europe, stay in Europe. Go to the River Wave in Munich. Go to stinking, I don't know. Where else do they have? Portugal? I mean, Waves you can... And tons of variety in culture, you know, go spend time in Portugal, France, Greece, Croatia. There's so much distinction between all of them. Enjoy your Europe, dear friend. You don't his, have to leave. You're living a good life. His final question was, how many suits does he need in life? Oh, uh, I brought two. I brought two suits on this trip with a tiny carry-on. But how many does he need? I mean, you did two because... You want to travel lightly. How many does a man need in life? I mean, like over life or in the closet at one time? In the closet at one time. You need you need at least three is the minimum. Okay. You need three, three different suits. colors or three different three styles? different colors. Okay. I have a I have a black, a navy blue, and a light blue. Are they which all I think, the same cut? No, they're all different cuts. Okay. My Dior navy blue is a Hedy Slaman from when he was a Dior, like the, it's probably not in style now, but it'll come back. That pencil thin suit, uh, the painted on suit. And then I have a baggier uh, Saint Laurent and just got a nice kind of relaxed, but tapered uh, Paul Smith. I have no idea what any of those words mean. Every one of those you need. (laughs) I mean, I, I have to say, do you have a funeral suit? the black is a funeral suit i do need right. a tux I, yeah. I was at a proper last summer was at a uh proper black tie and wore a black suit to the black tie and felt like a total fool like mm. every man at some point needs a tuxedo in the closet no rental like a tuxedo that you own yeah do you have a tux kevin i do i have a 20 year old tux that I used to wear when I was on the board at Orlando Opera Company, uh, and uh, I haven't worn it since. Like, you know, and I think I wore it to like one wedding too, but it was—I don't know—I doubt the thing even fits me anymore because I'm fatter. Doesn't go every out of style though, style. right? Yeah, it's Hugo Boss. I mean, it's like I—I I love the the I love the Hugo Boss when I have to go upscale. You know, um, you know who? What suit? Other suit Hugo Boss designed? No. Man, no. really out myself again here. Hugo <laughs> Boss, Hugo Boss did the SS uniform. Oh my gosh! Yeah, was Hugo Boss, Hugo Boss German? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fun. That Hugo is Boss news to me, and I may SS. have to change my fashion influences at this point. <laughs> I was going to say, Chaz um, has way too much Nazi random information. It's bizarre. <laughs> Um, okay. Do you, so last week Val called in from Santa Cruz. Chaz, are you still there? Your visual went away. We wait till it comes back. I can hear um, you. Can but, you oh, I can hear you. Yeah, your visual just went away. Okay, I see you and hear you. Okay. Well, remember last week Val from Santa Cruz called in asking for the update from that kid who was going to Bali to propose to his girlfriend. All right, we've got a follow up from that kid himself. Chaz, David, uh, this is an anonymous caller that was uh, seeking advice on a Bali proposal. I just was listening to the June 3rd episode and heard uh, Val, I believe her name was, was asking how how that was going or how it went. 
And uh, the short answer is no, haven't gone on the trip yet. Uh, actually supposed to go in 10 days now. Um, unfortunately, I just got COVID, just got back from Florida, contracted COVID there. So praying to God that this gets sorted out before I have to make the trek over to Bali. But in any event, um, maybe call it cold feet, call it a stroke of insight. But no, I will not be proposing uh, on the trip for a number of reasons. Main one just being doesn't really feel like the right time. Uh, just for some overall context, uh, my uh, girlfriend's family is a big Catholic family. And when you propose, as she put in her words, to a big Catholic family, uh, you're expecting kids on the way. And we're not at that stage. Anyways, maybe TMI. Anyway, but I just want to give an uh, update on it all. Anyways, kill the word. Definitely not TMI. I want never, to know more. Never TMI. Never TMI here. And I want to know more. That's a sad, sad update that I did not see coming. No. I mean, so girlfriend that he was going to propose to in Bali, family wants kids. They don't feel like they're ready for kids. Is that, is that the takeaway there? That's as much as he said, but there seemed to be reticence in between the sentences, if I'm reading correctly. What, again, I will give my best advice, marry early, marry often. <laughs> We've all got a divorce under our belt or two, right? <laughs> I mean, but really, though, to be honest, hearing his voice, if you're not, don't drag anything out. If it's if it ain't going to happen, pull that bandaid off quicker than quick. Yeah, I mean, higher, slow, fire, fast, right? Higher, slow, fire, fast. Yep. Yeah, Um, I agree. Fire, fast, fire, slow. um, It's it's when you're young and idealized you ignore all the red flags obviously or the concerns because uh yeah love is that powerful essentially when you're that young but with a little bit of hindsight you look back at younger people and you see things so crystal clearly i have a couple younger brothers i feel this way about where they give you the the data and you go okay this ends one of two ways these are the only two options i happen to have a crystal ball and I have exactly the two ways that this ends. And so you want to shake them and say, hey, dude, just get out now. Don't waste anybody's time. Save yourself eight years of agony or whatever it is. Uh, but you also don't want to crush somebody's youthful spirit because it's such a precious thing, you know? But also you, you, neither of you, Kevin, I don't know if our listeners know, but you've been oft married. Uh, have you ever regretted your other broken marriages no because you learn from them i mean i push the chips into the middle of the table all three times and like you know i I don't exactly i was young romantic and there was nobody that was going to tell me what to do i there that was the one thing you get to learn in this life is like on your own you want to protect your children you want to protect your friends and nieces and nephews and stuff but there's just you know there's just one way to learn and sadly it's often a car wreck but but also i that like that car wreck is part of the look at like the great artists of this world 90 percent of their lives are car wrecks right like if it was just this easy flow through no pain and no trouble then where would the art come where would the pressure come from to create anything yeah well is he planning to create art with this marriage or is he just gonna you know, receive a bunch of trauma and not do anything with it. 
I mean, that's the problem. The, the like clear foot dragging from him, at least tonally, is like, uh, oh, I've sort of rethought it. Like, yeah, not to hear that, not to hear the fire in the voice, especially yeah. if, theoretically. He was going to propose in ten days, and now he's like, COVID, uh, and Ur. yeah. Not well, that not that I'm the best judge, but I will say that as you go through the course of a relationship from first date to about like two or three weeks in. Like if you don't know by then, that's pretty in my, you know, in my like terrible history of a series <laughs> of marriages, at least I know for a fact that there were warning signs early on. So like if you do two or three months with somebody and you're like, oh, this is not right. And then you break up with them. And then like, let's say you get single eight to 10 years later and you're like, you, you sort of, sort of idealized that short relationship yeah. that you had in the past. And you were like, wow, that was so great. If only I would have actually followed through with so-and-so, you know, life would be good. And then you become single again and you go on a date with them and three weeks, two, three weeks into that, you're like, oh, no wonder. I yeah. mean, that for me, that happened at least two or three times where I was like hooking up with an ex and just no wonder this didn't work out, you know, but you idealized it for all those years in the middle. Yeah. Thinking. You know, like, yeah. Um, well, I, I can speak from personal advice, uh, in regard to the having kid thing, Lauren and I had a kid out of wedlock and it was intentional. And we sat all of our parents down because our parents are traditional, similar to this guy's family that he's potentially marrying into. We sat our parents down and had a real conversation with them. Like, Hey guys, we're adults. We have a biological kind of timeline here. Um, and we don't want to rush the planning of the wedding and all that comes with it. We would like to do a nice version of that. And to be honest, having the kid is really the most important thing to us, knowing that we're planning to stay together forever, but having the kid is the primary important thing. So given our age, what if we need to do IVF? That's going to cost money. We would not want to spend that money on a wedding, then get two years down the road and need to do IVF. So just pra practically and passionately having the kid is the biggest priority to us. Now we will get married in the future, blah, blah, blah. And our parents pushed back on that concept. And they said, we'd rather you got married first. Can we help? You know, let's find a solution. And we asked what the reason was for wanting us to get married first. And they provided their reasons. Lauren and I weighed those out, thought about it for a while and decided our reasons were more valid than theirs for our life. And so we were going to make our own decision. So that was because we felt passionate about the way that we were doing it, but we respected our parents enough to have those conversations. So that's another angle for the listener as well. You know, like her parents and family feel away strongly and you have to honor that and engage with it, but you don't have to do what they want you to do essentially. Yeah. As a young person, you're way more swayed by your family uh, and their traditions than you are as you get on an age. I mean, especially yeah. if you've been through the ceremony of an actual wedding, which nowadays, I think I was telling you the other day in a text, Dave, it's just, it's, it's really hard for me to sit through any wedding. Don't feel like, yeah. Um, when you do get married, you have to invite me because I'll be in fucking hell the whole time during the ceremony. <laughs> and I'll, and I'll, I'll be fine about an hour into the reception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, there's this solution to all problems, though. Two little words called Las Vegas. There you go, baby. <laughs> I love it. Everybody's yeah. happy in Las Vegas. 
I suppose so. One one <laughs> word is Bali, and I felt like that was even a better option than Vegas. But um, well, let's let's get on to some surf news. I do have another follow up call, but we'll hold that. Um, in surf news, John John Florence is pulled out of El Salvador with his fourth knee injury in as many years, I believe. Um, for a kid who is projected to win multiple, multiple world titles. He's only on two thus far, probably because of these injuries. What are your guys' thoughts on John John pulling out? And will we ever see him return again to form? Kevin, I'm going to give you the lead on this one. I got some strong opinions here. Yeah, I feel like he has tested the limits of his competitive body. And, and you know, like he's going to listen to me. But if I were an agent, the guy's going to be fine. He just needs to be a brand ambassador to his own brand and uh, go do some projects on this. You know, the, you know, he's the best surfer in the world. The eyes will always be on him no matter what. And it's a much less stressful life. I would, I would do that if I were him as well. He's probably got enough money in the bank to live a nice life and um, be rewarded by his efforts too, like, and be satisfied by, uh, running a business. I don't know. I would, so, I would so abandon, out. abandon the world title dreams at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, it's not, I can't imagine it's unless you're a hyper competitive um, person like Kelly, I don't think you would need that sort of gratification to be happy in yeah. life. And that's the goal is to be happy. I would for sure just uh, say, look, this has tested my limits. It's like Troy Aikman and, too many concussions or, you know, that, so those are my two cents. What do you, what say you Chaz? I mean, I think it's totally sad for one for the, both for John, John, I think, but less for him. He'll be Kevin's right. He'll be fine. No matter what. I think it's more sad for the professional surf fan, not to have John, John in the draw. Like he's a fun surfer to watch. He surfs like obviously incredibly he's exciting his his name brings a lot of excitement to any draw right that's the so it's a bummer for that but mostly i think kelly slater really destroyed professional surfing in terms of those 11 world titles will never be touched right and so you got a gamadina who wins two three whatever wants to take the year off because whatever there's no incentive for anybody to go nobody's going to beat that right like there's this and so and john john has no incentive either it's not like john john if the world title record was a five or seven or something like that right then you could get up to three four and think maybe i got a shot maybe i have a chance here uh there's no chance for anybody which i think will continue to sort of dampen a bit anybody ever really winning more than two or three just because you you win one you win two great yeah i think it becomes a race for second at this point and so that race between he and gabriel was a potential storyline but yeah now now it isn't and i agree the other thing i question here is um if the wsl was raising the stakes i think it would incentivize john to actually engage more. But as Kevin pointed out, John has a bunch of other career path options that are actually probably more enticing than competing on the world tour. And so the way that the WSL would raise the stakes is put the best surfers in the world in the best waves. So if John knew that next year he would be competing against um, Gabriel Medina, Kelly Slater, Jack Robinson, Idolo, 
at eight foot cloud break at eight foot Chopu, at pipeline at J Bay, he would absolutely work his hardest to be in that conversation and just to be able to surf those waves with those people and prove himself. But if he's looking at the schedule and they're going to be running in beach breaks for half the season and potentially a wave pool, it's an easy decision for him to get out of that. The amount of work and toll it takes on your body to prep for that season is not worth it. It seems like the, and Kevin could speak to this even better than I could. uh, It seems like the, the climate is so ripe for an LIV kind of tour in surfing where for those who don't even remotely follow golf, which I only vaguely follow it, Saudi back coalition went and is plucking basically some of the best golfers around into a new high stakes sort of different format golf tour, uh, completely changing it. Right. Like all those guys got suspended from the, uh, PGA professional golfers associations or golf association or whatever it is for the rest of the year, et cetera, et cetera. But it seems like some moneyed interest if they want, there's no money in surfing, I guess, but could come and pluck the top 10, take them on boat trips and just do a, high intensity where I think that John would do John John would do something like that. Right. Absolutely. Where best waves one day against the best surfers on earth for, and, and just something new. It seems like at this point, WSL is sort of PGA and it yeah. needs like some version of the LIV that, that gets the competitors excited in Kevin. Well, I would just, I would say the uh, likelihood of that happening is low. Um, because it seems like the World Surf League has such a dominating role on the course of the competitive surf tour. And they're also the only ones, Dirk's the only one that's willing to foot the bill at this point. It's not a cheap thing to do. Are you are you speaking my language? Yeah, I would love to see that. Um, but a rich, boy, a rich man who just wants a, a little play toy, who already has a yacht, yeah. and can invite them all out. Like, I feel that John John would say, yeah, screw it, I'm off to her. And even if he got, you know, rejected, say, and then Gabe seems like he's pretty disinterested. I mean, sitting out the first half of the year, it does not bode well for his continued interest. You probably right. go get Yidolo, you know, just pluck a couple of them and say, hey, let's like this model is over and boring. Let's try something yeah. flashy and new. Let's 10 best surfers in the world. That's all we need. 10 best surfers in the world on the five best waves in the world during the best window. That's it. I I disagree with Kevin. I think there's more money available for this now than there's ever been before, because it used to be that you would have to rely on a corporation for something like this or, you know, um, a sport organization to come up with the money. Now you could just rely on individuals. I could see Adam Newman putting together something like this. We've talked about Zuckerberg in the past would could do something like this. That would probably be for business interests. Jack Dorsey is into surfing. He could throw money at something like this. And then from a brand standpoint, Red Bull, this is a perfect fit for Red Bull. It's exactly what they do elsewhere. Um, And by the way, the other detail with the golf example is that Saudi organization is paying them more than the PGA was paying them. So they're guaranteed $5 million or whatever the number is to go compete. So it's, it's juicy. I mean, but but imagine too, I don't even think you need to pay necessarily John John gave these guys more just go guarantee them a best boat trip of your life for best surf in your life at cloud break at you know chopu at pipe I mean depending on where you get uh, a little window I suppose but like I mean there's so many places in the world you wouldn't even have to permit to go do it yeah yeah 
Well, I'll just say there's a, uh, a track record for professional surfing because it is a survival of the fittest in a way. And there is a hunger that you've seen in younger surfers to want to succeed and get their name out there by winning competitions that I've always been attracted to the, you know, the nature of the heat format, the nature of the season long point system. I like all of that, but I also like the idea of putting these surfers in a unbelievable location and having compete. So I think side by side at the end of the day, you're talking about something that could exist and it's just going to take somebody to pony up the cash and see a return on investment for that cash. Or like we see Dirk, basically a passion play for the last eight to 10 years. As a right off for his his billion dollar businesses too. As As a golf fan, Kevin, are you excited for the LIV or does it seem like a, a messy thing that's unnecessary. No, I like it because it's got drama and it's got uh, legs to, you know, make the sport more interesting. I mean, I personally don't follow golf that closely. I, if I'm sitting in front of the TV on a Sunday and I have the, uh, the cocktail in hand and, you know, I get a moment of peace. It's kind of fun to check in on it, on that sport. But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, I like the idea of some drama and some, competitiveness i mean that's how how could you not yeah and i honestly we talk about there's no such thing as bad publicity all the time and i think that's true for the pga in this conversation too this side tour actually brings more people's attention to golf and i think we're talking about will benefit from it exactly about golf right now on a surf podcast exactly yeah um let's do one true grit or clickbait crap for Chaz. Chaz has been trying to maintain his writing schedule while he's been in Europe. And one of the articles that came across the transom from him was, quote, in ultra embarrassing slap, Australia's surf forecaster Swellnet ordered to remove creepy voyeuristic camera pointing at Victorian reef break, exclamation point, unquote. <laughs> was so the, what is this? So true. Swellnet. Swellnet, uh, Australia's answer to Surfline, did p- put some cameras up in Victoria. Uh, and I even got DM'd about them of like, hey, this is wrong. This is not chill. Do something about it. So I did what I can do. I go public on Beach Grid. And lo and behold, it drew. So it's not clickbait. It is true grit. Uh, drew Stu Nettle, Surf or Swellnet's editor, into the fold where it happens so rarely anymore. Like the days, nobody comes and plays with me. I am alone in the sandbox all the time, just <laughs> throwing sand into my own eyes. I, the second he came in, gave me so much joy. And so he tried to, he tried to back sass a little bit with the something about uh, Derek Riley going to him and wanting to uh, get beach grid in bed with Swellnut at some point, which made me so happy because then. I got to do a whole nother story about revenge porn. (laughs) Also, which is a stretch of a metaphor or analogy. Um, Yeah, I was I only clicked on the article to see the image that you had promoted in the headline. And then the image was not even you guys in a bathtub. It was it was other people with your names written over them. Maybe so happy. but But then, yeah. So for those who are fans of Beach Grit, uh, Long Tom, our great contest writer. Uh, went over to Swellnet um, 
I think, at the start of this year. So they offered him something that I guess he wanted to do. So went over to Swellnut. Love Long Tom. Good on him. Uh, so not that I had beef with Swellnut, but like there's already some fun there for me. Uh, and so when this started, and then when Stu Nettle weighed in, but so then I emailed Long Tom after that second story and I said, please have Stu come back. Like, give me something to do and never heard back from either long tom nor did Stu come back and comment i think that like yeah nobody nobody wants to play with me it's easier to ignore i mean this everybody but i'm gonna say i'm going to stand up and say i'm the king of i'm the undisputed champion of shit fights and wouldn't doesn't somebody want to come and dethrone me doesn't somebody want to come no. knock me in the mouth? No, because because they are on a steady pace earning a paycheck. And if they deviate from that, it jeopardizes the paycheck. And so, so they nobody, could just stay on track. Nobody has pride. Nobody has any pride, you're saying. Stu no, Nettle, no. when I call Stu Nettle out, Stu Nettle doesn't have any amount of, I'm going to take this guy down a peg. I'm going to. No, cross, because it, he thinks he's it, so witty. He thinks no. he's so funny. I'm going to show that he's not that funny. And I'm telling you, I know myself. There are major chinks in my armor. I know exactly how somebody could come at me where I would have to shamefacedly get KO'd, just like Muhammad Ali once did. The problem is if they engage, it amplifies your voice. And so they're all collectively going, don't engage. And then they can just keep doing their talking over in the corner over there to their own audience. but my voice is bigger than theirs. Like, so it amplifies their voice. Well, that's the real that's a decision. That's the real, they're willing. That's an equation. They're willing to play. All I'm saying is I'm asking somebody out there, somebody have yeah. some pride and step into the ring and knock me out. I dare you. You can't. I've so let me ask like you butterflies sting like a bee. So back to the, back to the article itself or the headline is the, the cameras being in those locations. What's creepy about them? It's creepy that they're looking at virginal waves. They're gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. On, yeah, on these waves that haven't okay. been peeped on before. I mean, gotcha. when you really think about it, the whole surf cam model is not far from a peeping Tom model, which is essentially creepy. Yeah. We've talked about the problem with surf cams in general or in the past. Um, so this story, when I read the headline, I wasn't sure if it was like uh, cameras were directed at people's windows who lived on the beach or something like that. But the story is just that, well, the story is just that these are waves that have been uh, relatively secret in the past. And, or maybe a man wants to go down there and just sun his buns, right? Gotcha. Going to be caught on the camera. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, Do I think we should go to commercial break for Bubba Coos and then we'll come back with barrel and off. That's cool with you guys. Let's do it. Yeah. Right, Kevin, have you ever been enticed to get rich off of Bubba Koo's burrito after hearing us talk about it these last couple months? If there isn't one already in Florida, you could be opening one. That's true. I, I Here's the problem. I've never been a burrito guy. I've Don't always you, been a... Guess what, Kevin? Guess what? These aren't your normal burrito. Okay. They ba- basically wrap up Chinese food and stuff. It's, oh, and like hot chicken good, sandwiches. Actually. They have traditional Mexican food, and then they have a fusion, let's say, food. Okay. I'm but down. Bubba Coos burritos 
was founded in New Jersey by uh, two dudes who kind of come from the surf skate background and they're involved in surfing. They're sponsoring the, or they're partnered with the ESA as well and they're podcast listeners. And so they're evolving, moving their business towards the West coast across the U S there's actually two locations in California. And so they're like, dude, we want to, um, spread the word through your podcast. So bubacoos.com slash surf is our portal where you could download the app. You save two bucks on your first meal. If you use, if you order through the app and so find a location near you, if there is one, or if there isn't consider getting rich off burritos by opening a franchise You've piqued can't my lose interest. business opportunity. You've piqued my interest. I'm now going I to can. search it out. New Smyrna Beach, here we come. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
All right, back from commercial. Um, barrel or not, Kevin Miller, bathrobes. Oh, gosh, I'm going to say nah. I can't really Whoa. deal. I got two of them sitting in the closet that I never, ever break out. Partially, this has a lot to do with the climate where I live. Um, if I lived in Utah or, you know, Jackson Hole, um, and I want to make a statement with friends at a jacuzzi and smoke a cigar. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's growing a mustache for me. It's like a kind of a forced thing. And, uh, with Charlie, it seems like a very natural thing to see him in a bad bathrobe. I would be, I would be, uh, guessing that he's barrel on this. Of course I'm barrel. The problem with you is when you think of bathrobe, you're thinking Terry Claus. There's this other thing called silk. And you can Ooh. wear a silk bathrobe all through your house. You could shuffle. You could be in a silk bathrobe right now, Kevin Miller, just sitting there, silk bathrobe, not being inappropriate for the daughter. She can be in the room with you. You're covered up appropriately, but it's totally the way to move through your house. I am full barrel silk bathrobe. Can we get I'm a with visual on that on Instagram at some point? Um, I don't think I really want to see it, but I kind of want to see it. <laughs> Um, anyway. I don't have one yet, but I'll get one here in Berlin. I'm sure okay. there's <laughs> you don't even bathroom. have one. <laughs> well, I was going to say you're in hotels. Hotels have bathrobes. It's a perfect environment. It's true. Not at this hipster hotel I'm at right now. Uh, um, I'm with Kevin Miller. This is situational and I aspire to be a bathrobe guy, but I can't figure out a way to incorporate it into my actual day. I wake up in the morning and I'm moving quick and the bathrobe doesn't feel right. And then I would like to lounge in it in the evening, but for whatever reason, yeah, maybe it's a temperature thing. I never find a way to put it on. So maybe silk is the answer. Maybe a silk different time answer. of life phase in life is the answer. Satin. I'm not sure yet, but I want to be. Yeah. Satin. Okay. Uh, barrel or nah. <clears throat> this is something a dirty little secret, I believe, for all of humans that nobody wants to admit to, but barrel or not, peeing in a pool. Oh my God. I'm going to say, are, no. are we even going there? That's a nah, right? I mean, an end of story. Nah. Big nah. Yeah. Big, Big nah. <laughs> wow. So I'm the odd man out. So you guys, if you are in a pool, you're going to get out and go somewhere else to pee. Always. Soaking wet. Dry Absolutely. off. Get out. Always. Always. Absolutely. It's the only okay. thing to do. My daughter, well, young nine-year-old, is a big pool peer and gleefully. And like it's one thing that if I was ever going to take her to protective services to turn her over to the fire station, uh, it would be because of that. Wow. I think you guys are both lying. I'm, okay, I haven't so been to pool in years. Okay. Kelly There's a cool. deterrent here. Like, I know this isn't true. It, it has never probably been happened, happened where, but, um, even if I did have the urge to be in a pool, I'm always sort of, uh, worried that there'd be like, you ever seen the movie grownups where, when like they pee in the pool and the water turns the blue? purple. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah there's like, a dye. They would turn blue, but like, there'd be like this rich yellow cloud coming out of my board shorts or something. And I would be like, somebody would see me. I mean, there. That's not the reason I don't do it, but I'm just saying. The thing well, is, if, if, you're a, if, if you're in a pool and an adult, I get a kid not wanting to stop having fun in the pool, whatever, right? For them, uh, if you're an adult in a pool, pool means there's a either a bathroom or something super nearby, 
or bushes or anything. Pools don't exist. Right. Like you're not swimming in a pool in the middle of a mall where the nearest bathroom is you got to run down the mall with your dripping wet bathing suit and turn a bunch of corners, right? Pool means bathroom is close. Uh, yeah, none of that matters to me. I think if there was the dye situation that Kevin's talking about, every single person would have dye coming out of their shorts because Not everybody's me. peeing in a pool. Yeah, right. I don't believe you. Actually, the weird I, thing is, Chaz, you don't you don't pee ever. We record <laughs> two hour podcasts. You've been driving forty five minutes to get there. You don't pee when you arrive, and you don't pee when you leave. And I'm taking three pee breaks at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I've I've really I've, I've practiced I've practiced this for years of my life. To be honest is to basically be a camel yeah do well, not drink it. i think you i think you guys are being way too considerate of your fellow man and the other thing is that the pee isn't going to contaminate anybody pee is sterile the pool is chlorinated heavily it's not gonna there's no negative side effects from peeing in the pool as far as i'm concerned okay so, i could see in vegas a drunken vegas weekend speaking of vegas where you're in like one of those MGM rivers that go around the, the complex and yeah. you're, you know, you ha you're having three beers an hour or something like that, where you're, I could see somebody nope. sort of Kevin. letting their code of conduct pass at that point, instead of walking the 150 to 200 yards to a bathroom there. But I don't know, man, that's a real, that's kind of a black and white one for me. Yeah. Okay. No I'm pools. surprised. All right. Uh, final barrel or not wearing a belt, buckle no barrel yeah i have never seen that like i can imagine there's a person that that makes sense for but uh people get i, mean, I really do i do as... want to see the belt buckle in a movie like i don't know urban cowboy john travolta playing you know uh the, it was, you can see like where it makes sense right guess you guess These you want a belt buckle people get professional surfing who? Rick Kane. Nice. That's right. That's sure. right. Great call. Devin, Power Devin Howard would be proud of you. I was yep. going to say they give belt buckles as um, gifts, you know, for like a work anniversary or when you win something. This is a thing. I'm wondering if it's a throwback or if it's regionally specific. Have, have you ever gotten a belt? I got a belt buckle once as a gift from, from Target. Target gave you a belt buckle? As a gift, yeah. Because you were an employee? No. Remember when Target was big into the action sports game? When they yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sponsored Kalohans? Do they still? I don't think they do anymore. But I don't think so. Back then, they also were in the snowboarding and whatnot. And so they had a house. It was epic in uh, Aspen for X Games. And since I'm well married, got to stay in the Target house, which was totally sweet. Uh, and everybody who stayed in the house got like an engraved gift belt buckle that i still have my sock drawer maybe she'll wear it i will i'm gonna wear it to as soon as i come back to america which maybe never because so, that's i kind of like the concept of having something it's like a personalized cufflinks or something like that where you have this thing that's a part of your identity maybe it was a gift and it signifies an anniversary or whatever it is that becomes your signature piece that you incorporate into your outfit i like the concept I just haven't ever applied it. The problem is with a belt buckle, it falls in. And if you're in the rodeo, if you ride horses regularly, et cetera, obviously you are 
do as you do. Uh, it's also like the person who doesn't do those things though and wears a bolo tie has opted for the right. bolo tie over the traditional tie where, oh man, that thing, it's impossible to pull off, I say, if you don't. I mean, you know, I love Travis Rice. Big Travis Rice fan. Travis Rice went through a big bolo tie phase where I was like, oh, I get it, you're from Wyoming. Like you of all people should, but you also don't ride a horse, bro. And so you right. can't wear a bolo tie. I think the belt buckle got co-opted by the Western culture. And now it's known as that, but I don't know if it originated there. It had to have. It's yeah, like I if I wore a belt buckle, it'd be the same as me having a neck tattoo. I'm a CPA, man. Come on. I, you can pull <laughs> a Kevin. Belt Kevin, you have, if you got, but see, that's the thing. You're putting your little toe in the water. If you put on a silk bathrobe right now, got a neck tatter. <laughs> Uh, if you did everything we talked about today, you could pull them all off. Thank you. So Must appreciate the vote of confidence. I like, so, you know, Julian Schnabel wears pajamas like out in public and everywhere. I want to see Kevin Miller show up to the Florida surf film festival next weekend in, in a PJ. silk robe. Yeah. Yep. No, not PJs, but the silk robe. Kevin, oh, you could God. find one. I'm telling you, you could find one and you could wear your normal clothes under it. The only thing you have to do is psych yourself up and not be self-conscious when you step out in public. Confidence. That's, right. is all that's what reeks is self consciousness. All right. Again, a silk a silk robe. I'd be sweating bullets over here in Florida in anything longer than a short sleeve at this point. It's hot. Um, that's, you got no shirt underneath that thing. That's true. Leave it open. Let the chest yeah. breathe. I'm gonna let my Sean Connery chest hair breathe. Yep. Uh, well, so how do people buy tickets for next weekend, Kevin? Good question. It's very simple. It's a Google search away. And our site has a link to tickets on the very landing page that you will see. And uh, we use Eventbrite. It's pretty simple. Now it sounds like a little expensive, but $25 gets you not only a pass for the night, but a live show with Matt Costa on Friday, a free giveaway when you walk in the door and a raffle ticket to win a Yeti cooler, a Cronin shaped surfboard, and many other gifts from our sponsors like Rourke. And, uh, you know, so the idea is that we sort of package and bundle a great experience into one night's price. And if you want two nights, it's only $35 for both nights. And then we do yeah. a fancy, fancy package where you, you can pay one twenty-five and get Royal treatment and reserve seats and stuff like that. Well, Chaz and I have been there a number of times and it's a no brainer. It is a Phenomenal. cheap price for a yeah, cheap price for admission, actually. And it's a phenomenal event you guys put together. Obviously, there's food, there's drinks. Kelly Slater showed up last time. CJ Hobgood comes. All the local community comes. And um, the films are really, even without all of that, just the films themselves are worth attending for. So um, I highly recommend it to anybody who's Isn't within it? driving distance. Absolute, absolute no-brainer. It's worth, Thanks. I'd say yeah. it's worth a seven-hour drive. If you live within seven hours, it's worth it. I would do it yeah. for we sure. We got a place for you to crash if you act fast. Um, I might have a couple of rooms available for you for either night. And so, you know, that's on property, Atlantic Center for the Arts. You don't have to drive anywhere. So it's cheap. I think it's like 80 bucks for a night or, you know, for a room and come on down. And one of the biggest selling points that we've undersold is that Dick Metz will be in attendance. 92-year-old Dick Metz, more spry than any of us. Um spending more time with the ladies i will also reveal than than uh, most young people are 
he's still out there working it. So I love it. Watch out. Watch out the women of New Smyrna Beach. You should in 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 lieu, Kevin, of interviewing Jerry Lopez, you should interview one of Jerry Lopez's uh pop-outs. You could have it on stage, <laughs> ask it some questions. Oh, Jerry is not good in front of a crowd, man. I I I want to say like he's he is kind of like so, a pop-out. He's so meditative and and zen. It's like the last couple interviews I've heard with him have been uh I don't know, less than exuberant, uh, but you know, yeah. it's still the man. Um, he I, can uh, host a yoga class for you guys. Yeah, I would love it. I would love for Jerry Lopez to be the one who knocks me out. That's right. All right, boys. Uh, wonderful show today, Chaz. Will you be back from Europe next week? Heck no. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? We haven't said yet. We're giving away an album free wing uh, on right? July first. July first. Okay. So we need to keep promoting that through the month. And uh, the way that you can get involved in that giveaway is to support our work on surfsplendorpodcast.com, which Florida Surf Film Festival does. And uh, so you're entered to win it, Kevin. And if you get your support set up, it is the foundation of our work, helps archive all these episodes, all the hard costs that come with running this machine. That is what that $5 goes to. And uh, so it's an investment in the future of the show as well. And then we give away surfboards as a thank you. So the album Freewing, Jack Freestone's model, we're going to give away on July 1st. Subscribe. It could not be a better thing to win. Okay. You guys, you well, guys are we'll, a sure thing on, on, the, on the dial whenever I get in the car. I really appreciate all the entertainment over the years. Thank you. You're welcome. And thanks, listeners, for calling in. Um, and yeah, so Chaz, I'll see you next week on Zoom. Kevin, I'll Great. see you. I don't know when, but thanks for joining. You got it. Thanks, guys. All right. Hannah will sign us off today. Until next week. Bon voyage. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.